In this series, we've been talking about something that has infected people worldwide. And so the way we've chosen to talk about it is to describe it like it's a virus, um, like it would be something like a, a spiritual virus. And here's, here's what we've been saying each and every week. This virus, it affects our thinking. And, and it, it affects it to the point that we have an attitude of ineptitude that causes us to focus on what we lack instead of what we have to leverage in life. Uh, the simple term for this virus is a poverty mentality. In the series, we talked. We started out by telling you this is what it is, and then we, we came back with, well, this is what it does, and then how to test for it. Last week, we talked about preventing this in our lives, and today we're going to conclude the series as we talk about what life looks like after the series. Um, what after after the series after the after the <laughs> virus is gone from your life? Um, a lot of times, we will live our lives with something that's out of whack, something that's wrong, uh, for so long that we forget what it's like to live healthy. Um, it, it, it's just it's what happens in our lives. We totally lose the picture of what it was like before we had this virus. Now, to illustrate this, we want to talk about a, a common surgery you may be familiar with. Have you ever heard of knee replacement surgery where somebody's knee joint is just shot? Well, here's an x-ray of what it looks like to have a knee replacement. It's a pretty serious surgery. They almost literally cut your leg off and put it back together. I mean, it's a big, big deal. Well, a lot of people get it because their, their knees wore out, and my own father had this surgery. My dad worked for about 40 years in big oil tanker ships, and he was a chief engineer, and so he spent his career down in, inside of the ship in a steamy hot engine room all day long going up and down these stairs because it was multi-level. They had big things here and boilers here and all this stuff, and so he spent 40 years going up and down these steel hard steps, and so after 40 years, his knees were shot. He had tore them up, and he was in pain all the time. And so when he was about 70 years old, he was still going, and he decided, you know, this pain is so bad, I, I'm going to consider getting that surgery. And so he talked to the doctor and some other people, and he said, okay, let's do it. So he had knee surgery on one knee. So afterwards, of course, you've got all the aftermath of surgery, but soon he started rehab, and in just a few weeks, here's what he said to me. He goes, Ed, I, uh, I forgot what it's like to be pain-free. Now, I'm still hurting here pretty bad, but over here, it's, it's great. I can't believe I waited so long. He got on the phone, called the doctor, and got the other one done the next month. I mean, he was co convinced, and he was sold, and he said, man, I just can't believe I waited so long. I put up with so much pain and so much grief because I put this off. You know, if he hadn't put it off for so long, he wouldn't have suffered so much. The Worries about convenient, is it a good time, or kind of afraid, is it a big deal? All of those worries would have taken a back seat to getting the cure he needed. So have you ever experienced the same type of thing? You put off something so long from getting fixed or doing what, okay, you know, I really know this is the way um, my life should go, the way God's leading me, or I really should take care of this, but I'm just going to wait a little bit. I'm not, it's not a convenient time. Um, it's going to make me change, and I don't want to do that. Um, maybe it's going to cost me something, or I'm a little bit afraid. It's kind of a big deal. Um, have, you, have you been there? I know I've been there and done that with different things in my life. And 
what happens is when we resign ourselves to believe that we can tough it out, and I know I've been living this so long, I'm just going to keep on going. Um, yeah, I know. I know I need to fix this. Yes, I know this needs to be different. Yes, I know it. here's the cure right here in front of me, and, but I don't want to grab it because yeah, I can make it. I'm tough. I, I can do it. What happens is you lose sight of what it's like to be healthy. And we were made to live a healthy life. I mean, physically, spiritually, mentally, every aspect we were made to live healthy. Now, the same thing happens to us when we get infected with a poverty mentality and we lose sight of what it's like to live this healthy spiritual life. We, we hear that, oh, but to, for the cure means I might have to change something. I might have to, and it might cost me something, and it's not really a good time right now because I have this and this and this and this. And look, I know what you're telling me. You got me. I took that test a few weeks ago when we did it in the series, and I took the test. I popped positive poverty mentality, and, um, but you know what? I've been living with it this long, and I'm still alive, and I go to church, and God didn't kill me, and you know, I'm just going to make it. I'm going to tough it out. When you do that, you're choosing to suffer. You're choosing to suffer. And you don't want to suffer. We don't want you to suffer. The good news is this, that God has given us the Bible, and he's giving us, given us the, just what we need to be cured, to live this healthy life, to remind us even of what a clean bill of health, spiritually speaking, what it looks and feels like. And for some of us in here, it may be more than a reminder. It's very possible that from the time you've been, you were little, you had this poverty mentality because you inherited it kind of from your mom and dad. And so you've lived your whole life this way. You never knew that there was such a thing. And you don't even, you have no perspective of what it would look like to uh, be free, to live healthy. Well, thankfully, thankfully, God has a picture of that for us. We're going to explore three Bible verses that can help us to determine how to get rid of this virus poverty mentality sooner than later. These scriptures are both promises to us, and they're also pictures for us to, to look at to help us grasp what it means to get free. They are a description now of what it means to live post-virus, okay? So we've been talking about the virus and getting prevention, and now we're wanting to say, what's life after it look like, okay? So we're going to begin with a scripture that we read two weeks ago. Malachi 3.10, bring the whole tent into the storehouse so that there will be food in my house and put me to the test, says the Lord Almighty. See if I won't open for you the floodgates of heaven and pour out for you a blessing far beyond your needs. Far beyond your needs. What a promise. What an amazing thing. Now, previously, we looked at the first part of the scripture. Today, we want to look at the rest of it, okay? So, Look at that phrase, put me to the test. Who's saying that? God. God is saying, put me to the test. Through his prophet Malachi thousands of years ago, and now today through his word to us, he is saying, put me to the test. God has no problem putting himself out there and putting his money where his mouth is. He has no problem getting right out there saying, come on. It's, uh, it's kind of like this. It's kind of like God is saying, you want to know how I roll? Here's how I roll. I put faith in your heart so you can believe me and trust me, and then you got to take a step. 
And when you take that step, I meet you. I meet you right there. I want to bless you. I want to pour out blessings all over your life. But you got to do it. You got to take that step. And I'm saying today, I dare you to do it. Put me to the test. Come on. I dare you to do it. Bring it on. Bring it on now. He coached me really good. <laughs> thank you, thank you. God really feels that way. He is intense about this thing because he loves you so much. He wants to bless you so much. But he's saying, you got to step up. you got to bring it. you got to put me to the test and watch me respond to you. Let's look at a few more phrases from this scripture. God said, I will open for you the floodgates of heaven and pour out for you a blessing. So many people have lived with lack mentality rather than God's mentality, and, and they've never seen these kind of blessings that God wants to pour out in their life. God wants to unleash his blessings on you. Right now, all our cars are getting washed. You know, it's great. All that pollen's getting washed off. You can hear the rain. That's what God is saying. Just like the rain, I want to pour it out. Not a sprinkle either. He wants to send uh, a gully washer. There we go. There's a Texan's term for it. He wants to unleash his blessings on us. Now, look what else God says. He says, I want to unleash blessings far beyond your needs. In other words, more than you really need or deserve, I want to bless you with an abundance. He wants to give us even more than we need, and I believe it's so we can be a blessing to others. He wants to pour through us so we can share with others and bless them far beyond our needs, far beyond our needs. The person who is post-virus cannot escape the blessings of God. They're going to chase you down. You can't escape. And when you get more than you need, that's when you share joy, peace, wisdom, insight, whatever it might be. And now finally, God goes on to say this, for my part, I will defend you against marauders, protect your wheat fields and vegetable gardens against plunderers. As if that wasn't enough, that God would say, I'm going to pour out a blessing and it's going to be so much you can't contain it and it'll run over onto other people. If that wasn't enough, now he's saying, I'm going to defend you. I'm going to protect you because there'll still be things that come in our life, still we'll have challenges with relationships, career, finances, whatever. But God is saying, I'm going to be there to defend you. When the enemy and the devil attacks, I will be there and I will help you out big time. I will defend you. What a, what a thing. I have a question. If you were going into a battle, if you had a choice, would you fight the battle on your own or would you bring a friend who could help? Or if you had a choice to fight a battle alone or with a crack team of elite soldiers who would step out in front of you and engage the enemy for you, which one would you choose? Or how about this one? If you had the choice to fight this battle alone or have the God of the universe step in and defend you, what would you choose? Well, when we get rid of this virus, when we allow God to set us free from what's been holding us back, we set ourselves up in a place for not only God to bless us, but for God to defend us. 
as well. I kind of see it as like this umbrella. We're under this umbrella, and you could walk to your car and not get wet if you got a really big umbrella today. That's what God's saying. I want to extend my arms over you and cover you and protect you and defend you. And once you have God defending you, you'll say like my dad said about his knees, you'll say something like, you know, I wish I had taken the steps to get rid of poverty mentality a long time ago. All right, let's take a look at another scripture, another place in the Bible where Jesus is talking. And uh, if you've been in church for you know, a good time, a good amount of time in your life, there's a chance you've heard this before or heard this scripture read before. And so uh, I want to encourage those of you that have heard it before to really latch on to what we're about to say. I, I think that um, we're, we wanna, we're bringing it to you in a really healthy a really healthy, there's another word I'm looking for, just a really good way, okay? So um, grab hold of it really closely. Now, if you've never heard this before, you're just going to hear it right for the first time. And so you're, you're already ahead. So here we go. Luke chapter 19, starting in verse 10, this is Jesus talking. He said this, he who is faithful in a very little thing is also faithful in much. So faithful is in this, in this context, it's, he was putting God first even when nobody's looking. The, the person who is dependable even when nobody's checking up on you. This, he who is faithful, faithful the, the one that God can trust, that, that's he who is faithful. Um, and he who is dishonest in a very little thing is also dishonest in much. So if you're faithful in a lot or little, you'll be faithful in a lot. If you're not in a lot, in a little, not in a lot. <laughs> Just keep going, bro. They, they know what you mean. We're going to edit going. that part out. Okay, so here we go. <laughs> Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the use of earthly wealth, who will entrust the true riches to you? So the context of this scripture, when Jesus said it, he is talking about money. If you go back and read the story before in there, here in this, in this passage, which we always encourage you to do, Read the stuff before and after that, that we're reading from, from here. It really helps bring things together. Um, if you do that, you're going to hear money is like the, one of the biggest keys that he's talking about. And so if we, we apply that, we get the, this, the appropriate context of what, what he's saying here becomes clear, that money is actually the little thing that Jesus is talking about. Money is actually a very little thing. Thing. So if you're faithful with something very little, that's money. So if you kind of think of where money sits in your life and its priority and its position, and God's position, money is way down low. Uh, but there, there's, a big, there's a big importance to it. Uh, it apply, this principle, of course, applies to almost anything. Um, but today, we're, we're following exactly what Jesus is talking about and money. Money is a simple, physical thing that we can be faithful with. Very, it's, anybody can do it. You don't have to be a, have a degree. You don't have to have read so many verses in the Bible. You don't have to have gone through a class. Anybody can be faithful with a very simple physical thing called money. Now, if you're infected with a poverty mentality, what happens is you focus on the money that you lack. You focus on the money that you don't have, and what happens is you end up being unfaithful to God with what you do have. If you flip it around, when you're virus-free, you focus on what you have to leverage. And then you become faithful with what you've got. And so you're, you're actually putting it to use. 
And God is looking at you saying, oh, he's faithful or he, she's faithful in little. So that means they'll be faithful in much. It's a, money is a little thing that identifies a, actually a huge part of, your, of you, which is your heart. How you deal with and how you handle and whether or not you're faithful to God with your money shows where your heart is. So Jesus is saying this, being affected with, with or free of the virus one way or the other shows up in how we handle the money, this very little thing. Here's a very important statement. There are more important things than money. I know I said it, but I'm saying it again. There are more important things in your life and in my life than money. And that leads us to the very next sentence in this scripture. Here's these, Jesus is saying one long thing. Here's the continue of it. If you have not been faithful in the use of earthly wealth, money, who will entrust the true riches to you? Jesus is being really clear right here. Money is not true riches. Money is not true riches. Now, I know, I know what you're thinking, or at least I know what I'm thinking. Well, if I looked at my account today and I, all of a sudden I've got you know, $183.2 million, I'm going to pretty much think I'm rich. I mean, that, that's how that's going to go down. I'm going to think I'm rich. But in God's standard, that money is just a very little thing. Money is not riches. So, well, okay, if, if, I mean, that's really, really clear. I have to be faithful with that little thing, money, or God can't give me true riches. Well, what are they? If it's not money, what are they? Well, it's a simple answer, but kind of follow with me. So is, what's the most valuable thing on the planet? Obviously, it's not money. It's not gold. It's not stuff like that. Is it, is it land? Well, no. Uh, especially, what's the most important thing to God? What's more important to him than anything else? Well, it's not, it's not any of that stuff because he made it all. He already owns it all. You can't take away money or, or land from God. He already owns it. Even if you do have the, the deed, it's still his. You're just borrowing it for a little while. Um, so it's not those things. What about, you know, fame and that stuff? Nope. That, that, God, that's not important. That's not something that is a treasure to God. How about time? Time. I mean, time is a pretty important thing, but God lives and operates outside of time. He's not bound by time in any way, shape, or form. As a matter of fact, he invented time. And so it's not time. What is? What is the thing that God treasures, the thing that he sees as true riches, the thing that Jesus came to save? It's people. It's people. The most valuable thing on planet Earth is people. The most valuable thing to God, true riches to God, is people. It's the only thing that Jesus came for is people. You're blessed with true riches when you're virus-free. If all of this is true, then when I'm faithful with that little thing called money, God will give me true riches, which is people. Now, what is it... Uh, what is it that you want in your life? What do you want? What deep inside does everybody in here really, really want? 
You can list me a bunch of things that we all would like to have. Of course we could. But what you really want is relationship with people. That's what you really, truly desire. You want to have that one or two or however many, ten. You want to have close relationships with people that will bring value to you, that will be able to speak into and fulfill your life, and you want to have that person that you can be a value to them. It's a, you know, it's a two-way street of blessing there. True riches are people. So if you have not been faithful in the use of earthly wealth, who will entrust people to you? Not God. That's a very sobering thought. Very, very sobering thought. God wants us to live in a life-giving community with other people. He, he wants us to give and receive at the same time. When you have a poverty mentality and you're holding back and God can't trust you, you're not faithful with little, then God's like, well, um, you're a risk to infect other people with that poverty mentality. Uh, this virus is very, very uh, contagious. Uh, so you, he won't give you people. But when you're post-virus, God can entrust you with people. Now, maybe you've never thought of that before. There are people God wants to bring into your life. He wants to connect you with that will bring you and both of them up. And as long as you are unhealthy in the, the, with the poverty mentality, he can't do it. He won't sacrifice them until, uh, that's, that's the wrong term. He, he, he wants them to be healthy, he wants you to be healthy, and he, if you put two unhealthy people together, it doesn't work. Sometimes we suffer a life void of helpful relationships because we're toxic. But when we get healthy, God sends true riches into our lives. When you experience this, you're going to say to yourself, man, I should have done this sooner. I have the people that have come into my life have enriched it so much. I wish I would have gone down this road sooner. With God's help, we can kill poverty mentality. You may have been with us through this series, and, and you've really gotten there. You, you've seen it and understood, and God's done a work. And so you, you've been experiencing this. You've been getting free. And today we want to add to you, you can stay free, all right? You can stay free. So we urge you guys to please consider what we've said in this series and, and how God can use it in your life. We want to recap some of the highlights from the series, okay? First, we said, ask God to help you recognize and accept the fact that you have been affected and may be infected by this poverty mentality virus. You might be thinking, well, it all makes sense. I'm not, I'm not seeing it yet. Well, just ask God. He'll show you. He'll, he'll open up your eyes to recognize and accept the fact that you, you're dealing with this thing. Then we said this. We said, be honest with yourself about who you are serving, God or money. We just made a real blunt statement that morning and just said, hey, let's, let's get honest. Get on. God already knows the truth, right? So get honest with yourself because that's where we start. We get honest and say, Lord, I, I'm not sure I'm putting you before my money or anything else in my life. I may have this poverty mentality. That, that's what we're talking about. Get honest with yourself and with God. On the positive side, leverage what you do have to serve God with. Instead of focusing on what you don't have and wishing you had more, Look at what you do have and say, God, how can I leverage this? These are my 
this is my time, my talents, my treasure, my abilities, whatever. God, how can I leverage this for you and for others? You've got something to use. You've got gifts. You've got stuff that God wants to use to bless other people. All right, then we talked about the first. Bring the first of your thoughts, your strengths, and money to God. The Malachi verse I uh, read earlier, God was saying, put me to the test. Bring me that first 10% of your income and watch what I do. And we're saying, let that first apply to all your life. Bring me the first of your time. Man, it makes such a huge difference in my day when I give God the first of my time in the morning. I make sure I have time to read the Bible and pray and just say, God, be first in my life today. What a difference that makes, giving him first. And then we said this, trust that God will do his part. That's where this faith comes in, that I'm saying, okay, God, I, I see it. Now, here, I'm going to take that step, Lord. I'm going to trust you. You've got the faith in your heart. If you're a follower of Jesus, his spirit is in you. You've got faith in your heart, and you've got to take that step and trust God. Then today we've talked about blessings. So we want to say it like this. Look for God's blessings. I mean, let's be real. Is God a liar? I don't think so. Let's be real. If I've been putting him first and I've been stepping out and I've been giving him my first, I can expect, I don't mean this irreverently, but in a way of faith, in a way of joy and eagerness, I can expect God to bless me somehow. And so we're saying, look around. Look around in your life. Look at the blessings you have. Ask God to open your eyes and see, oh, wow, now I see it. When, when I started doing this a while back and trying to put God first, this happened. And, and he'll see. You'll see what God's done. And so look for his blessings. It'll encourage you so much. There's an old hymn, uh, count, count your blessings, name them one by one, and you will rejoice in what God has done. All right, next, let God protect you. That's what we're saying today. Let God be your defender. Here's how I would suggest we apply this. You're facing a problem. All of a sudden, something just blows up, and you've got a real concern or a problem. Go to God first. Say, God, help. You said you'd be my defender. I'm, I'm trying to step out in the faith and put you to the test and, and, and do all that. And so, God, here I am. Defend me. Help me. Protect me. And then the last thing we want to leave you with is this. Treasure the riches, the people God brings into your life. Do you treasure people around you? Do you treasure your family and friends that mean so much in your life? Well, we're encouraging you to see them as God's blessing to you. God has given you people as a blessing in your life. So treasure them, value them, take care of them, encourage them, love them. So, in summary, if we approach this whole thing about getting free of a poverty mentality, if we get serious about it and we begin to take the steps God says to do, we can be cured. Our outlook will be brighter God can bring more people into our lives because he can trust us with more people. We'll, we'll have even more to leverage for good because he'll start pouring out blessings. And I've got more and more I can leverage for good, for blessing for other people. God will be our defender. And he will unleash blessings on us that spill over to other people all around us. We want you healthy. We want you free of a poverty mentality to live with the, with the health that God has for you and we're so glad that you have been here for this series, that you came today. We want you to know and remind you that God loves you, that we love you. And we know that every week that there's going to be some great folks in here that 
are saying to themselves, you know, I, I'm, maybe it's time for me to have a real relationship with God. They're kind of saying that in your heart and you're feeling that. If that is you, if you're one of those, one of those fantastic people this morning, I want to encourage you to take a moment and talk to God. And you would tell him, you would say, God, I want to follow you. you know, for, forgive me where I, I've gone wrong. Please lead me where you want me to go. I, I want to come into your family. I want to come to life. Help me to connect. This is what I want to do today. And, and if that's you, take that moment and, and talk to God that way. And then grab that little green card that you see in the seat in those little pockets. There's one that says, uh, you read it, I have decided. And fill that out. And there's a little, those little blue boxes on the way out right there by the doors. You'll see them and another little green card sticking up. Drop them in there. And we're going to reach out to you and say, hey, you know what? Congratulations uh, that you've come to the place in your life. You want to follow Jesus. And we just want to kind of tell you what's next and help you get rolling with that. It's a, a great day, great thing uh, that we would love for you guys to, to do if, if you're one of those people today. Now, we want to remind you of a couple things before we head out. Uh, the first is this. We're going to have people that are ready to pray for you. So if you need prayer for anything at all in your life, we'll have people right up here by the stage ready to pray for you. They'll take the time with you. Please take advantage of that this morning. And then uh, on your way out, you know, use the app, go online, or stop by one of the boxes, and uh, remember to give before you leave today. You guys stand up with us. We want to pray for you. Lord, we lift up each and every person in here today, and we thank you for uh, every single one that walks through the doors. We pray that as this week goes from starting now all the way through the, to all the way to next Sunday, that you remind us of the things that you spoke into our heart this morning. Those, the, those, little, those little tidbits and the little nuggets and the little things that, that, that spoke deep to us, remind us of those each day. God, we want to live the life that you made us for. We want to be who you called us to be. I pray you give every one of us in here a really clear picture of what it's like to live that way. And God, today, we, we wanna, we're taking those steps to get there. I pray that you would bless and that you would keep every person this week. Bring us back next week, ready to connect and to hear what you're saying to our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.